and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, a podcast aimed at making your quilting life more fun and creative while connecting with quilters just like you. Join the staff of the magazines you love for a great episode filled with tips and tricks. Enjoy! Hi, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. Today's show is a fun one. Our staff, and also some listeners, are sharing how quilting brings joy to their lives. It's so inspiring to hear how sewing makes others happy. Quilting is such a meaningful hobby, and we love taking the time today to reflect on that. We also chat with Kate Basti of Quilt with Kate. Kate creates the most stunning quilts and has lots of tips to share today on some of her favorite techniques. So let's dive in. I'll begin this show with my story of how quilting brings me joy. Quilting has opened my eyes to how much community and support exists in the world. I have tried a lot of hobbies and crafts in my life And quilters are by far the most generous group I've met, both with their time and knowledge and even supplies. When I was first learning to sew, I relied on the kindness of seasoned quilters to show me the basic techniques. I also watched hours of free videos online of people who are just putting their talents into the world for others to learn from. Quilters are also quick to volunteer extra fabric if they have it, or a favorite tool for you to borrow. A few years ago, I was working on an English paper-pieced hexagon project where I fussy cut fabrics for each hexagon. I had so many people donate fabric or scraps they thought would look great as a fussy cut design, and they asked for nothing in return. Even the quilters I know online from Instagram are so kind always offering nice words about photos of projects I share, or even advice when I need it. Even though I've never met them in person, they're truly friends, and they're like my little cheering section. Quilters just genuinely want to share the things they love, like quilting and fabric, with others because they know how much joy and excitement it can bring to others. And I feel very fortunate that I was shown this hobby and that I can share that joy and support with others. I'm Jody Sanders, editor of American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine. I started quilting 31 years ago, and during this time, I've been a member and served as an officer in local, regional, and state quilt guilds. I've also attended local, regional, state, and national quilting retreats. With one group, I've even been retreating for 25 years. I may only see these people during meeting or retreat time, but I have made lifelong friendships during these times of fellowship, and that is what brings me the most joy in quilting. Hi, I'm Doris Burnett, editor of Quilt Sampler Magazine. I've always found joy in creating and crafting from the time I was little, but I found my tribe when I got into quilting, and for me, that is the part that truly brings me joy. Most people who craft would agree that it's a pretty solitary hobby, and for me it was for many years until I started a quilt blog in 2008. I virtually met so many talented and generous quilters through my own blog and other quilt blogs, and made friends with people from all over the world. 
I've since met many of these virtual friends in person at retreats, quilt shows, and workshops. And I've made a lot of great friends through a local quilt guild. Many of my closest friends I met through quilting, even if that isn't the common thread that keeps us close today. The people that quilting has brought into my life is definitely what brings me the most joy. Hi, I'm Elizabeth, the art director for American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine. Quilting brings me joy because it connects me to generations of women in my family. I'm a fourth generation quilter on my mother's side, and the women in my family have made hundreds of quilts over the years. In fact, one of the very first quilts gifted to me when I was just a baby was from my great grandmother, Catherine. Catherine made quilts for all of her grandchildren And even at the age of 98, she was still embroidering quilt blocks for her great-great-grandchildren. And trust me, there were a lot of them. You see, quilting is more than just a hobby in our family. It's a way to show people how much we love them. And I know it sounds cheesy, but quilts are like a hug when you just can't give a person a hug in real life because of busy schedules or because of distance. Quilting also gives me dedicated time with the women in my family. For over 10 years, my great aunts, my grandmother, my aunts, my mom, sister, and my cousins and I planned two family quilt retreats every year together. These retreats started out just in my parents' basement, but have since grown over the years to various locations across the state, and we just keep adding younger generations. These quilt retreats are like mini family reunions where we get together, share stories, laughter, and create new memories, all while making quilts. Without quilting regularly bringing us together, I know I wouldn't see my extended family as much as I do, and I doubt I would be as close to them as I am. For these reasons, quilting brings me a lot of joy, and I will always be grateful for the generation of quilters in my family who have passed on this tradition and love of quilting with me. Hi, I'm Allison, and I'm the designer of Quilts and More magazine. There's not a day that goes by that I'm not thinking about or working on quilts in one way or another. Whether it's working on designing an upcoming issue of the magazine or sewing a personal project at home, I'm constantly surrounded by quilting. I started quilting at the same time I got this job in the publishing industry during my last semester of college. As a student, I dreamt of all the free time I'd have after graduating, mostly excited about not studying and working on various homework assignments. Shortly after graduation, I kept having panic attacks and was quickly diagnosed with anxiety. Looking back, it's not surprising that this happened to me as soon as I entered the real world because so much is new and different. In addition to medication, quilting really helped distract me and give me something to focus my anxious energy on. If I was focusing on doing quilt math or trying to figure out how to put certain blocks together, I didn't have enough time to even think about feeling anxious. A lot of my free time was spent quilting. It started as kind of a coping mechanism and a welcome distraction from being inside my own head. Over the years, quilting has become less of a distraction and more of a purposeful creative outlet. Every part of the quilting process brings me joy. The excitement starts with pulling together fabrics for a new project. The idea of creating something out of a bundle of fabrics and anticipating the end result is so exciting. When it comes to cutting and sewing, I find the process to be very meditative. 
If I've had a long or stressful day, spending some time in my sewing room just helps me unwind. Or if I'm ambitious and wake up early enough, starting my day with some sewing just puts me in a good mood for the day. I often listen to my favorite podcasts while I work in my sewing room, which also brings me joy. Probably one of my favorite moments of the quilting process is being able to appreciate the final product. Whether I'm snuggling under a quilt I just finished or it's one I made years ago, it instantly takes me back to the time I spent working on it. I can sometimes even remember specific songs or podcasts I listened to while working on the project, and it just brings a smile to my face. Admiring my finished projects also gives me a great sense of pride knowing all the skills, time, and talent that helped create the end result. Quilting has been and always will be a welcome distraction from whatever else is going on in life, and it's a surefire way to put me in a good mood and give me a sense of calm. Hi, my name is Joanna, and I'm the editor of Quilts and More magazine. Quilting brings me joy by giving me an outlet to be creative that I don't always have in my daily life. One of my good quilting friends, one of the two quilting friends who taught me to quilt in the first place, once told me that I am a maker at heart. She didn't necessarily mean quilting. Rather, she meant that I tend to be driven by an innate desire to make stuff. You rarely find me just sitting still. Even when I'm watching TV or hanging out with friends, I usually have some project that I'm also working on, you know, just to keep my hands busy. Whenever I'm not meeting that innate need to create something new, I get antsy and sometimes even irritated. I always feel bad for my friends and family when that happens. Over time, quilting has become my go-to activity for making use of that creative energy. As someone who is always intrigued by new designs, ideas, and possibilities, Quilting lets me play around with color and fabrics in ways I haven't thought of before. That's probably why I have so many UFO projects. A new project or quilting idea will strike. I'll experiment with it, and then usually a new idea will take over about halfway through that first project. Before you know it, I have to see where that idea takes me, and then I have two projects, and they only multiply from there. Sometimes the experimenting pays off, and I love the resulting project but sometimes I end up abandoning the project. It used to bother me, those abandoned attempts, but now I consider them to be part of the creative process. Failed projects, as much as I may not like them at the time, are still an effective way to learn and grow. In a weird way, I've even learned to take joy in tossing or donating those old projects rather than letting them sit around and bug me. They're just part of being creative. You don't always like where that creativity takes you, and that's okay. Even better, though, are the creative ideas and projects that work out, even when you thought they wouldn't. I get to enjoy a finished project that will always remind me of how I tested my design skills and ideas and made something cool, often out of nothing. I consider that bonus quilting joy. Now I want to hand it over to one of our listeners who called and left us a voicemail. Hi, Lindsay and team. This is Lisa Cecil, and I am also So Mom Nurse on Instagram. And so um, the way that quilting brings me joy is that it really is a stress reliever to do something uh, creative. I'm in healthcare, so I'm not in a creative kind of industry, although I can be creative, but not in a way with fabric and quilts. But 
Um, I've been quilting for about eight years and just absolutely love it. And there's just something about, as my husband says, cutting up perfectly good fabric and sewing it back together again that just takes me away, helps me be constructive in a different way, helps me be um, successful to complete goals and achieve some finishes because, um, if you will, just to achieve some some finished quilts. Um, means a lot because I've worked in long-term care for way over, gosh, 27 years, and I'm the executive director of a large retirement community in a Cincinnati suburb. <clears throat> so it means so much to be able to complete things because in the work that I do, there's so many things that are just loose ends and um, new priorities emerge every day, and there's so much that you you just have to keep putting off to the next day because new um, priorities come out in front, so it means a lot, and it helps to um, to get some things accomplished. Because in my day to day work, um, it just does, you just can't check ten things off your list um, if that's all you had on your list. You just maybe you may only get the top one or two done. So those are the reasons that um, quilting brings me joy. And uh, thank you for asking all of us about that. And I just love your podcast and. Um, I, I follow so many of you on Instagram. It's lots of fun seeing what you're doing. So keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Lisa, thank you so much for sharing how quilting brings you joy. Keep up the amazing work you're doing both professionally and with the quilts you're putting into the world. You're so appreciated and the quilting community is lucky to have you. We also asked our Facebook audience how quilting brings them joy and wanted to share a few of their answers. Melanie H. said, I love choosing the fabric, but what really makes my heart happy is hearing that a child who I gifted a quilt as a newborn is still dragging that blankie around through toddle, toddlerhood and beyond. Donna D. said, Especially in the times we are and now, it gives me something to be creative with, takes the mind off having to stay mostly at home, and relaxes the mind and spirit. Can't imagine what the days would be without my hobby. Monica G says, I love choosing the design, finding the perfect fabric and colors, and seeing it come together. I get a lot of satisfaction from creating something beautiful, but the greatest satisfaction comes when the recipient is pleased too. There is nothing more satisfying than seeing their eyes and face light up with joy when they receive it. Rosa H. said, I can shut the door and have peace and quiet. <laughs> I, I think a lot of quilters uh, think that brings them joy too, just having some alone time away from the family if needed. Mary H. said, It stimulates my creative juices and challenges my ability. It gives me a way to show my love for family, friends, and people I don't know and will never meet. It has given me so many solid friendships and joy. It keeps me busy, my mind always working, and a way to look forward. Wow, I just feel so refreshed and happy just hearing how quilting brings everyone joy. We're all so lucky to enjoy this hobby and use it to connect with others. And we're so excited to share all these stories of how quilting brings us joy because this week's Sweet Quilty Home Challenge is to make a mini quilt or a block that represents something that brings you joy and then display it in your home. 
So for those who don't know, our Sweet Quilty Home Challenge is something we're hosting on the podcast and social media. This challenge did start uh, July 6th, and there's only a few weeks of it left, but you can always go back and see um, all the challenges we did and all the resources. So um, each week we issue a challenge, and if you participate, you can use the hashtag Sweet Quilty Home on Instagram. And so we'll link to the Sweet Quilty Home page on our website in the podcast show notes so that you can uh, see all the challenges we've done, participate, get the resources, and catch up if you'd still like to participate. We're going to take a quick ad break, but hang tight. We have a fun interview with Kate Basti coming right up. And we're back. Last month, our designer Allison had the pleasure of talking to Kate Basti of Quilt with Kate. Kate is a pattern designer, a talented foundation piecer and English paper piecer, a fussy cutting extraordinaire, and lover of color. She has a lot of great tips to share about all these topics, as well as sharing about her experience of quilting during a quarantine. Please enjoy Allison and Kate's chat. Hi, Kate. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started quilting? Well, I, I always tend to forget uh, what year exactly I kind of got my start. <laughs> but I will say um, it's around the time that I moved to Ohio. I kind of was into blogs back in the heyday of blogging. Um, and I saw somebody's uh, quilt that they had made. And I just thought that is like the prettiest thing I have ever seen. And I kind of read through and I wanted to see, you know, where did she find these fabrics? And, and it turned out it was um, primarily made with Anna Maria Horner fabrics. And I want to say this was maybe boy, 2008 or nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, I went online and I Googled Anna Maria Horner and I saw all her fabrics and I just thought, oh man, I have got to do something with these. I have no <laughs> idea how to sew, no idea how to quilt but I have to have these. And so I started collecting fabrics. Uh, I didn't even have a sewing machine. The only sewing experience I had was from eighth grade home ec. Um, And so I I hoarded fabrics for a year uh, at least until I finally bought a machine. And then I was too afraid to actually try sewing. And so the machine sat in the box uh, for at least a year until I actually, my husband actually looked at me and he said, are you ever going to open that thing? And so he actually stood with me at the kitchen counter and we unboxed it and we, we figured out how to thread it. And, um, you know, he helped me cut fabrics and oh my, gosh. Actually, my first project, he actually stood there and helped me in some ways and was very much moral support. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's, that's how fun. it started. Yeah, that's awesome. I love I mean, as we all now know, all of us quilters, I mean, you just can't resist a good fabric. No, no. And Anna Maria, she is hands down still my favorite to this day. That's awesome. So I know you've designed a handful of patterns and uh, a lot of them involve foundation paper piecing. And, you know, for a lot of people, um, it can be kind of an intimidating technique because they're not sure how to do it. Um, So I'm curious what drew you to this technique and what advice you might have for someone who wants to try it for the first time? Yeah. 
So I at first was kind of reluctant to try it. I, I, everybody else was doing it. It was kind of the cool thing to do. And um, I just thought, oh, I don't need that. I, I can be different. <laughs> I can still do really cool things and not know this technique. And in reality, in truth, I was just intimidated. And, and so I put it off and put it off. And finally, um, my local quilt shop, so to speak, had a class. Uh, with Jody Murray, and she was teaching basics uh, for foundation paper piecing. And so I just kind of was like, you know what, I'm just going to go learn. It'll be something I can know how to do, even if I don't want to do it. So I went and took the class, and I was hooked. Um, I made a ton of mistakes, um, but learned pretty quickly. And um, ever since, that is just my favorite technique, and mainly because your points are so crisp and it, mm-hmm. it leaves so few room for errors as far as, you know, seams not aligning and it's so um, precise. Um, and truthfully, once you learn the basics of foundation paper piecing, uh, the same rules and instructions apply to pretty much every pattern out there uh, as far as FPP goes. And um, so if you know how to do it, then you can pretty much tackle any FPP pattern there is. Mm -hmm. Um, Some may be more difficult and some may have tinier pieces, but uh, the technique is the very same. So um, I I just fell in love with it uh, and I started making patterns, which I still, every time I sit down to make a new FPP pattern, I sit there and I have to really think it through like, okay, now how do I do this again? (laughs) (laughs) It's 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 like putting a puzzle together like in reverse. I mean, and, and, you know, blindfolded and it's it's really (laughs) kind of tricky. And I always have to, to think through the process again, as I, as I start. And I'm, I'm still, um, I'm one of the designers that I I still put pencil to paper and a ruler um, to start my patterns. I don't, I don't do it digitally until I've already worked it out um, with a hand-drawn pattern. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it takes some time and effort and thought, and um, and sometimes I'll put a pattern together, and when I try it myself, I'll think, I hate this. <laughs> it's like no fun. Nobody's going to buy this. So um, there's definitely an art to it, but if you haven't tried it yet, I say give it a whirl. You may hate it. Some people hate it, <laughs> um, and that's okay, but at least you'll know whether it's for you or not. Right, exactly. I mean, I feel the same way because I remember starting out seeing some patterns thinking, oh, I wish I could do that, but I don't know if I want to, you know, that looks kind of scary. But as soon as you get into it, you get the hang of it and it really is a fun technique. And I will tell you, everybody who's not a quilter uh, sees, you know, FPP uh, mini quilts or, you know, whatever, finished pillows, and they are just blown away. I mean, they're just amazed. It's Mm -hmm. a really impressive technique. If you really want to wow somebody, learn how to do FPP. (laughs) (laughs) So I have to admit, I love just scrolling through your Instagram photos because everything you make is so bright and so happy. So I'm curious how you go about pulling fabrics for your projects. Do you know, there is no big secret or magic formula that I use. Um, it, I typically just kind of wake up in the morning, and if I have time to sew, these days it's kind of tricky. I just think, okay, what do I want to work on? And sometimes it's something that I've been working on. Sometimes it's something that I'm just, I, you know, there's a bundle that I recently got and I can't wait to cut into, and so I just figure out something to do with it. Um, mm-hmm. 
But as far as pulling fabrics, um, I just kind of do it on a whim. Uh, I, my advice for people that struggle with it, though, um, is is to find whatever fabric you're really drawn to that you really want for a project. Um, kind of build a bundle around that print. So I I call that the hero print. Um, that's mm -hmm. the one that I want to to really make the star of the show. And so I'll pull a fabric like that. And then I will slowly kind of pull blenders and other smaller prints to coordinate with it. And a lot of times that will work and, and you'll pull something that's really fantastic. Um, so if, if you don't just have a perfect eye for color and just want to pull things, you know, willy nilly, then I suggest starting with that one basic print that you really want to shine and build around it. Awesome. Yeah, that's great advice. So another, um, kind of some people might see it as a tricky technique that you like to do is English paper piecing. So you, I like that you like to get into these, you know, uh, difficult, uh, some people might say, uh, techniques. Um, but again, once you get the hang of EPP, it's easy to just keep on going. Um, so I'm curious how you got into that. And you also tend to do a lot of fussy cutting. So how do you choose prints that you'll fussy cut for your projects? Yeah. Um, so I got into EPP, I don't really quite recall the year, it was somewhere around 2015 or 16. And um, I had started the Central Ohio Modern Quilt Guild. And in that first year, um, we had some new members come and one of them uh, brought this quilt that I can't recall if it was finished or not, but it was um, a Lucy Boston mm -hmm. English paper pieced quilt. And um, it was spectacular. I mean, I was just absolutely floored that this thing was put together by hand. Um, and so right away, my friend Leslie Stortz and I, we said, we have got to make these. And so we bought the kit, we bought the, the book, um, and we just started together learning how to EPP. I'm not sure if she had ever tried it before then either. Um, but we kind of learned together and took to it really quickly. Um, it, it, it's, it looks very difficult. It, it's not. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. it's kind of like FPP. Once you understand it, it's actually, it makes a lot of sense and it, it's uh, a lot of fun. Um, it's something that I like to do as I'm watching TV. I'm binging Netflix in quarantine. Um, <laughs> you know, it's something to do in the evenings when we're all kind of quiet and doing our own thing. Um, it's really relaxing once you get the hang of it. Um, but it, it's something that I, I, it's probably my favorite technique of every sewing technique there is. It's probably my favorite. And I, I think it's because um, it, it has given me, I, I'm by nature an anxious person and EPP for me is very calming. It's something about working with your hands and kind of a slow rhythmic process mm -hmm. that is incredibly calming. And so um, I would love it. All you anxious folks out there, try <laughs> EPP. You, it'll work wonders, I promise. I totally agree with you because I'm also anxious by nature. And I have this one EPP project I've been working on. And yeah, when I'm feeling like I just need to use up some of this anxious energy, just sitting down with EPP is so relaxing. It is. It is. Awesome. So I know you have a background in graphic design. Um, and I also have a background in graphic design. So I'm wondering um, how you think that helps you when it comes to making quilts or choosing fabrics or designing patterns, things like that. 
You know, I, I don't know that, that graphic design, what I do, I have a, a background in advertising um, and, and illustration. I, I do a lot of digital art. Um, it, it, the process of graphic design itself doesn't really help so much. Um, but I would say as an artist, um, and I think I've, I've always just gravitated to the arts, uh, mm -hmm. even from my childhood years. Um, I think I just have always naturally kind of had an eye for color mm -hmm. and an eye for design and space and, you know, negative space. Um, it, it, it's something that I, it's kind of like people that really understand English or math and it's like, they just get it, you know, mm -hmm. it's easy for them, you know? Um, and, and I think it, it's sort of like that. If you get it, you get it. Sure. Um, and so for me, it's just kind of a natural fit. Uh, so I'm not sure if it actually helps me. It's just something <laughs> that is, is a little natural for me. Sure. Makes total sense. So <laughs> we all know that 2020 has been a little strange. Um, and I know quilters are struggling to feel motivated to be in their sewing rooms, but what has inspired you or motivated you to keep sewing and making, especially during quarantine? So I a hundred percent am in the boat of all the quilters that are struggling to get into their sewing rooms uh, right now. Um, I really, I went into quarantine. My husband and I had been watching the news and saw what was happening overseas. And we were kind of preparing early for this, um, knowing that it would likely head to the U.S. And, mm -hmm. and so I felt like, oh, if we have to quarantine, I'm going to have so much time. I'm going to get everything done. I'm going <laughs> to have every whip in the vault of shame, you know, finished. Um, and that's just been like totally not the case. Um, it's amazing how much having a kid at home full time and a garden to tend to and chores, I, I feel like laundry and dishes never stop. Um, and, and so it's been a real struggle for me to get into the sewing studio. Um, I also mentally have found it difficult at times. I think when there's turmoil happening, even if it's not in your, your life, you know, immediately, if you're just watching it in the world, it, it, really can drain your creativity mm -hmm. uh, and, and put a damper on, on your mental state. And so lately, um, I personally have been making more of an effort uh, to get downstairs to my sewing studio uh, and just even if it's to go in there and fold fabric that needs put away and iron it or press you know, the bundle that came in the mail last week or whatever, <laughs> um, you know, if I can make myself sew, sometimes it feels forced and that is a little hard. Um, but generally, if I can get down there and, and sew a little bit, even if it's 20 minutes or fold some fabric or just be in that creative space, I generally walk out of there feeling lighter and happier. So, um, it's not always easy to find that time, but uh, I'm finding that it's, super important for my mental health to do so. And so I would definitely encourage anybody struggling out there as, as much as it seems difficult to find that time, carve out the time, uh, get away from the kids or the chores or whatever. Um, it's, it's super important and see if it makes a big difference. And if it does just keep carving out the time to do it because it's important. Yes. That's great advice. So I just have a few quick little questions that I thought would be fun to answer. Um, so since you have a lot of color in your um, projects, I'm curious, is there a color that of fabric that always makes it into your quilts? Um, I would say usually magenta. 
Ooh, pretty. Um, is there a print or motif that you just can't resist buying? Uh, I, I'm a sucker for novelty and fussy cuttable fabrics. Yes, I have noticed that with your EPP projects. <laughs> They're so cute to look through all the prints. So when you EPP, do you glue-based or thread-based? I thread-based. And you have a pattern called Tall Tales Quilt Block, which is adorable. Um, and I'm curious what your favorite book is. Oh, man, there are so many. Um, <laughs> my, my current favorite is probably All the Light We Cannot See. Mm, good choice. Well, Kate, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I really enjoyed talking with you. Well, thank you. I had a lot of fun. Hey, it's Lindsay. I just loved Allison's chat with Kate. She's such a sweet person, and everything she creates is so stunning. Kate is also a part of our Meet the Makers issue of American Patchwork and Quilting. We did a fun feature on her, as well as seven other designers. So pick up the October 2020 issue of American Patchwork and Quilting to read more. The magazine is on newsstands now. And as always, visit our show notes for the links to the resources mentioned in the interview. We'll also link to Kate's shop and social media so that you can connect with her more. Before we leave today, I'm going to hand the mic over to Beth Peterson, our promotions manager, who has a fun charity program to share with you. The One Million Pillowcase Challenge is nearing the goal of making and donating one million pillowcases to charities around the country. With less than 30,000 pillowcases to go, we're kicking into high gear with a fun contest during the month of September. We're inviting you to help us reach our goal, plus enter for fabric prizes and cash awards along the way. Dash to make pillowcases for charity and compete against other pillowcase makers by participating in the Fall Pillowcase Dash, September 1st through the 30th. Sign up to compete at allpeoplequilt.com slash pillowcase dash. All month long, you'll dash to make pillowcases and each week enter the number of pillowcases you've made so far. You'll be entered to win one of the 10 bolts of fabric we're giving away. And we'll send reminders and links for entry each week. At the end of the month, submit the total number of pillowcases you've made during September. The top five people who make the most will earn cash awards, $1,200 total. Plus, everyone who submits their total will receive a limited edition pair of 1 million pillowcase challenge socks. At the end of the competition, you can donate your pillowcases to the charity of your choice or send them to us and we'll distribute them to charities in need around the country. How many pillowcases do you think you can make in a month? Sign up today for your chance at weekly prizes and cash awards. Plus, you'll be helping a cause at the same time. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash pillowcase dash for details and sign up. Thanks so much, Beth. And thanks to everyone for joining us. We hope you have the best week and find some joy in your sewing room. and thanks for listening. Keep in touch. American Patchwork and Quilting is on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram at All People Quilt. Email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com. 
resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com podcast. And if you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week. 